this uh this archaeology though because i didn't know anything listen i'll tell you another thing about this is i love that people coming here and it's the very first time that we're having like a real long-form discussion yeah because i would just see around we were always like miss like oh hey it's lunch five minutes you know yeah and even though you don't remember it this way I definitely spoke at your face last time. I remember it. I remember it clearly. I think you would you had you had prompted me like you asked me a couple of questions and in doing so you had you had like I don't know, you had invoked something and evoked <laughs> some long ass TED talk like answer from me and I even think at the end I said okay, that's the end of my TED talk. See, I appreciate that though cuz I like to observe people before I like put in the effort to get to know them <laughs> for sure yeah because like i want to understand who you are so mm-hmm. that i can judge accordingly mm-hmm. so, yeah. like judge like how much of yourself you would like to give yes. or like how to yeah how to respond yeah yeah i get it all right so tell me about this archaeology i don't know anything about this like how do you when you study archaeology in school mm-hmm. wh- what do you what do you do how do you s- just study it in school do you ever go out and like excavate mm-hmm. yeah i so i kind of stumbled into it but um, I did an archaeological dig in Israel, as a matter of fact. Oh. I lived there for like three weeks. And okay. We'd get up at four in the morning and go out and dig. And I found some really cool stuff. And yeah. I have a friend that went out and did some digging. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know for what. Because they didn't study archaeology. They did... Study art conservation. That's what I really want to get into. Okay, so maybe it's like adjacent Mm -hmm. in some way. So maybe that's why. Conservators, I'm sure they don't like to hear it, but they're kind of like a a branch off from archaeology. Okay. Is like, so archaeologists take the stuff out of the ground, right? What do you do with it after? Your job as an archaeologist is to take it out of the ground and research it. A conservator is to make sure that lives on in perpetuity. Mm, so they gotcha. kind of, yeah. they finish the job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Now, when they went to go do this, <laughs> they said it was boring as fuck. <laughs> That's so, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you see that perspective? They were just like, listen, it's not like you're going out there. And you're just finding artifacts all the time. You're just like, oh, shit, I found this, you know, golden chalice from 1600 B.C. that must have belonged to so-and-so, right? Where did they dig? That's the question. And were they in Israel? Well, so I also was invited to dig at the Agora. Where is that? It's in Greece. Okay. And it. I'm not educated. Okay. Do you know what the Parthenon is? I've heard of the Parthenon. It's like that big, incredible column temple in Greece. Yes, yes. In the middle of Athens. Yes. 
So the Agora is kind of like the merchant mercantile business center okay. in Athens. Oh, okay. So I was invited to dig there. When you're there, you're finding stuff left and right. Wow. Yeah, because people are there a lot. Whereas, like, also where I was in Israel. Wait, beca- was, because people are there a lot. Like, I mean, you're finding things from what time? From It depends on where you are. So, like, in, in context of archaeology in general, uh, American archaeology kind of sucks, right? Because uh, people have only, when you're thinking of, say, you're doing colonial research, people have only been in the United States European people. Right. For, what is it, like 300 years, Mm. 400 years, maybe 500 if you're lucky, Mm. talking about like the Spanish. Or you could be looking for, you know, Native American, like archaeology. That's still only 12,000 years. Yeah. Whereas if you're looking in Greece, people have been continuously living there for thousands of years Mm. so you're looking at people's trash what they've dropped like you know that's what you're finding Mm. so there's just more stuff okay okay and so when you find these things uh, okay maybe i should ask you this what was the most interesting thing that you felt like you have found there at the would you call it the agora the the agora agora so i didn't i didn't get to dig there because of covid which is lame fucked everything up real lame but when i was in israel i found a fully intact oil lamp which was approximately like two thousand years old yeah that was sick that and, was like the high of my life and you get to figure that out because as you dig it <laughs> it's the high of my life because you get to dig it up and then as you do the research on it you slowly start to figure this this information out Well, so you have like a lot of context based on where you are and how deep you are in the Uh, ground. Um, And like specifically that, the style of pottery. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to keep hitting everybody. Trust me. Everyone Uh, hits that thing. It's it's no issues. Yeah. Well, okay. So (laughs) (laughs) the style of the pottery cues you into about what it was because you see different like technological developments happen in pottery or like different forms, different designs, stuff like that. And so now you said that you are in, uh, would you call it uh, in, damn, I forgot the term that you used. Would you say that you do now? I'm an artifact mount maker now. Artifact mount maker. Yes. Okay. So does that mean that you take artifacts Mm -hmm. and you, you make Mounts? Yes. <laughs> it's exactly I just want to make like. sure that it's not deeper than like yeah. what the term is. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Wait, wait, so what you mean mounts? Like just things to literally just to put things on top of? Well, so, you know, when you go to a museum, how did how did those things end up in the case like that? Right. If it's sticking off the back wall, what's holding it up? They're not just floating. Yeah. Even if it's sitting on a table. It has to have something underneath of it because you work closely with conservators so that these things don't degrade. Yeah. You know? so. Oh, man. Yeah, it's sick. I, really, so I actually cool. really like my job now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. For finally, you know, being able to listen. Yeah. 
I think it's extremely important that everybody has something that they that they like to do. And if you can find some way to mm-hmm. do that thing and make money at the same time, mm-hmm. that's the dream. Mm-hmm. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Are you do you plan on like what's the is there a next thing for you? Or are you just like so excited about what it is you're doing right now that that's I I'm a person who likes to think ahead and I always am looking towards the future. So I'm really trying to enjoy this a little bit. Very nice. But um, I'm definitely like trying to use this as a networking opportunity. And like I told you, I want to be a conservator one day mm. and be able to like integrate those things. Yeah. Because even sometimes conservators do mount making. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to gain experience and like network and try to go to that next level. I need to go to graduate school if I want to do that. So. Yeah. 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 My friend just. She um, worked at the. I have been. Yeah. It is very cool. What'd you think? Oh, what'd you think? The Virginia Museum of Fine Art. Ten out of ten. Oh. Yeah. What did you think? Have you been? I've never been. <laughs> I think it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, they have like a really good range, which is of just uh, you mean eclectic things just throughout history. When you say range, they range have- of. I think they have something for everyone because okay. not everyone likes modern art or not everyone likes classical art. Not everyone's into statues or paintings mm. or whatever. Or it's so, one of those funny things that yeah. is, I mean, it's art, so it's subjective. Mm-hmm. So like some people make a lot of money selling certain things and other people are looking at them like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. I've seen people sell some of it. There's like a whole lot of sort of tax evasion and, and weird like uh, there's a whole lot of funny shit that kind of goes on with like selling art. Right. Because I've there's seen a people black market. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I've seen people sell uh, duct tape. I think it was duct tape. It doesn't matter. But it was tape mm-hmm. the in, in like a maybe 16 by 16 square on just on the ground mm-hmm. and like on plexiglass and it's the idea behind it was this is this is space with which and you can imagine anything inside of it so whoever purchased that thing for the however many millions of dollars they yeah. purchased that they just brought in like some plexiglass like and it's just sitting in their house now with like tape mm-hmm. on the ground that forms a square and they just imagine mm-hmm. something inside of space which you could do mm-hmm. without the tape mm-hmm. you could just you could just imagine things all around you in the world so it's just it's interesting what sort of passes by as beautiful art and what people are willing to purchase. Oh, let me turn this off because this is this is this is bug this this thing humming over here is bugging me. It'll stay cold. You're all good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean that's the thing about art. It's the beautiful thing and like the thing that's so hard to understand is just everybody's perspective is different. Yeah. Everybody values and sees different things in different ways. Yeah. And like yeah. I've also, you know, through speaking with that friend, you never really know, <laughs> sort of like how you and I were talking uh, about a prior job before. And it's like, well, on this side of things, mm-hmm. this is how it looks and this is how it comes off. And on this side of things, mm-hmm. this is what I was experiencing. And you never really know 
what the downfalls of someone else's job is like, mm-hmm. uh, unless you ask them or you've been inside of it. When you think of like art conservation, like what is the like what's the issue? Like what is I know in food and beverage what the downfalls are. I know what a bad day looks like. I know what can go wrong. I know the bullshit that you have to deal with. You watch the bear. You have a decent <laughs> understanding of like shit that can go wrong. That stuff, mm-hmm. by the way, because are you were you ever into food and beverage? Um, I did like uh more like fast food. Okay, like I've worked. I worked at a gas station where I had to do food. Mm. Um, my mom, though, and her first husband, they owned a restaurant together. Okay. So I've heard some of her experiences. Dude. He was a chef. She was a server. That show, The Crazy. Bear, is so accurate. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. They yeah. do such a good job of, of bringing so many things to life. The issues the the eclectic personalities that you just have to deal with around each other and the different ways in which you have to um you know the improvisation Mm -hmm. is so real the improvisation is so real like well listen we're out of this we don't have this this person called out today and we have 200 covers coming in today Mm -hmm. and we're not closing Mm -hmm. so Let's get to work, you yeah. know, and you just have to figure it out. Like they do such a good job at that. So I was wondering, like, what's going on with our conservation? And like when I hear, you know, like some of the meetings that, you know, they'll have to go into or some of the, like, like, for instance, a lot of the young kids in these, I'm certain you've heard of the stories of people coming into museums and throwing paint mm-hmm. on shit and, you know, trying to destroy things in, in some ways that's linked to saving the planet, right? Like it's yeah. like a global warming type of... Yeah, they're trying to gain attention to their cause by destroying something. Yeah, yeah right. By saying, like, you're so willing to... Like, you're upset that I threw paint on this, on this painting, that mm-hmm. I destroyed this thing. Well, how about the fact that we are just spilling oil in the ocean mm-hmm. or that there are plastics everywhere or whatever the case is, right? Like, it's, it's drawing yeah. attention to in some sort of way. So these are real, like, meetings you have to go to in the morning. Like, okay, let's have an 8 o'clock meeting on what mm-hmm. to do when these people inevitably run up in here and, tr- <laughs> and yeah. try to fucking slash this Da Vinci painting up here, like, yeah. what are we going to do? Um, or, or things such as, like, what does our director say about the, so say you dig something up, because I'm so glad that all this is connecting now. So you dig something up, yeah. you send it out. Or whatever your company is that you work for sends it out to the museum. It's for them to curate or to put up or to not put up Mm -hmm. and to maybe give away to another museum somewhere if they don't want to touch it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And then it's in the for whatever reason is those are interesting meetings to have. Like, why would we why would our director not want to put this painting up? Like, maybe everybody wants to work on this thing. Mm -hmm. You're really excited. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. She dug this thing up from Israel. This is going to be so fucking cool. We get to work on this. And they're like, no, actually, it would be unethical to work on this thing for X, Y and Z reason. Or this is going to cause some controversy that we don't feel like dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. We're just going to send this shit off to the next museum. They can deal with that. And there's just all these different. And then there's just, yeah, it's just like a, a weird, a, a really weird thing that people have to think about in the art world. How much 
of the world are you actually showing? Mm-hmm. You know, um, like how much of of art by certain demographics demographics of people are being suppressed mm-hmm. versus being exhibited? And it's like, holy shit, like because yeah. people are thinking, well, you don't even understand how much the showing of art is moving cultures because people come in and they look at art. But if you don't ever get exposed to it, then you don't ever think. Yeah, you don't think about it. You don't even think about those group of people that did X, Y and Z because to you, they never did it. Yeah, it's fascinating shit. I'm just like, damn, that's the issues of what's going on in a museum. Well, there's yeah, there's so much flux in in the world of museums in general and when you're talking about art there's so many like ethical moral like scientific dilemmas that you get from everything and i mean like that's why you have professionals that are curators who their job is to figure out what's going on and how to best solve all those questions Mm -hmm. you know um but like there's there's so much to it. Like those yeah. are all great questions, you know. Yeah, it's, it it seems it, <laughs> and then and then I love all the layers to things because to some people it seems so trivial. Yeah. Like all of it. It's it just doesn't like matter. it's just like these are not fucking problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people not eating food or, or the people that are coming in there and throwing the paint up. They're like fuck that. Like this these are not real problems. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely see the importance of art and and showing exhibiting art from different places of the world and from different demographics that may just go unnoticed. Well, so art and museums contribute to a solidified idea of cultural identity, Mm. whether that's for yourself, right? So like you go to the Smithsonian's cool. I'm going to go to the, what the American History Museum or the museum and like understand what museums are like the ultimate propaganda machine, right? Mm, they create identity. They create a solidified idea of what's going on and they create discourse. <laughs> <laughs> or in that same vein, you can go to the Islamic art museum and that gives you a perspective on something else. That's probably going to be the different perspective than if you went to an Islamic art museum in Dubai, you know? So, like, you also have to think about it that way in it's a demonstration of perspectives, too. Mm. And it can change from curator to curator, too. The perspective. See, that's what's interesting. Oh, okay, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Because sometimes I'll read an article, and this is very, very seldom because I don't really read articles. But when when I've, yeah, I don't read, like when you say an article, like on my, you know, like where would I get an article? Like I don't, I'm not on my phone like that, like look, scrolling through Twitter or anything. And I'm definitely not. Yeah, that's getting newspapers. so weird. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, no, no, it's weird of me, for sure. I just don't, I just, that's just not my game. Um, But when I have, like, I'll be in a bathroom, mm-hmm. particularly at work, and at work, they have, at the urinals, 
like a page from the newspaper, like Washington Post or something, posted at the urinal. So like if you're at the urinal, like you're looking at a newspaper. So I'm like, all right, what's going on here today? You know, and I'm here. Might as well fucking look and read what's going on. And I know that true journalism is supposed to be just the story. Mm-hmm. Like, like what? Trying to get as close to the objective truth as you possibly can. But sometimes you read articles and it's clearly flavored by the person that wrote it. And you can clear you can clearly tell that it's coming with a certain yeah. perspective. Like this is your perspective. Especially today. Yeah. It's yeah. like this is your person. You can tell the way it's written that it's shunning somebody or something yeah. and it's encouraging another as opposed to just giving facts or, or the story that took place. And so now I'm wondering, as you're talking about this art, like how often, like if you, if you go to the Islam Art uh, Museum, you said where as opposed to Dubai? If you go to the, like the one in D.C., yeah. you get a different perspective. See, see, that's that's wild. That's wild. Because you, you would just think that's 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 how, you know, if, by the way, if anyone listens, to this just is wondering, that's how, you know, that we're not looking at the truth as we're walking through the earth. Well, that's why it's <laughs> so important to get different perspectives and to yes. do the counter research. Yes. I yes, mean, that's what yes. academics are supposed to do. You're mm. supposed to say, OK, well. This drink is bad. We'll also do another one where it's this drink is good. Yeah. Like That's your job as an academic to do that. Yeah. Too. If you don't do it, I mean, then you're also pre- presenting a skewed perspective. Yeah, I, I, uh, I fear that that happens a lot, especially in in, in university. I hear, I hear that that happens quite a bit. That there's always just the, I guess, the dilution of other perspectives, the suppression of other mm-hmm. perspectives, and that it's just like, nah, this is this is kind of what this is, especially when it comes to. I've heard in in academia, it's extremely sort of like left leaning politically mm-hmm. speaking. So like, you know, right of center sort of politics mm-hmm. is kind of suppressed as far as perspectives go there. I mean, how I how do you think, feel about that? Because you're closer to the university than I was. Yeah. I mean, I think. In my experience, it was it was even down to the professor. You had some professors who were very right leaning mm. and were very vocal about it. Oh wow! I mean, we had someone at my college who ended up being a Republican, like senator. You know that they were teaching economics and then went on to politics and became, you know, a pretty right leaning person in politics. Yeah. Well, the what they were teaching in economics was it flavored with any sort of? See, but that's the thing. Economics seems like, see, some. This is what's weird is like you you would feel like some things are just numbers or some things are just this, but then like somehow mm-hmm. some weird flavoring seeps in there, and you're like, how is this coming from a, a right leaning perspective? Like it's economic. Just tell me. What is happening? Just just give me an account of what is that like why why is there this flavor this political flavoring on top of it? Well, because you're looking you're using numbers to understand why things are economically happening because it's not just about the numbers, it's about the why. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where you're getting interpretation. Mm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you say. Yeah. No, when you're, especially geez. when you're looking at the economics of certain groups of people too. Yeah. Like that's another, oh, you can insert your biases there. For sure. Yeah. That gets, that gets dirty. It gets muddied really, really fast. Mm. I could definitely see how that happens. Hmm. But yeah, but the art thing, that's fascinating. Like just certain curators and directors, are, you know, are going to give their own spin or just say that, no, this isn't this isn't for this museum. Like mm-hmm. we we just can't we can't touch this thing. There was my friend who is a, a woman, by the way, she was saying that uh, <laughs> she was saying that there was a, a shrunken head, one mm-hmm. of those shrunken heads that got brought in there. And I think. And people were really excited about working on it, like wanting to know Mm -hmm. everything about it. And one of the things that came to her mind was that it may, depending upon the tribe in which the shrunken head came from, may have been frowned upon for a woman to even have dealings with it. And like that was something ethical going on in her head. Like, Mm -hmm. should I even sign up to be on this team? Like, I don't even know if I even want to. Mm-hmm. put my egg in that basket and i was like damn dude, wow yeah wow yeah like what that's noble that's a noble yeah. that's a noble thought to just have that in the back of your mind like maybe that maybe they wouldn't even want me to touch this thing well so that's a big like debate movement bigger concept going on in the art world and museum world is understanding and appreciating other people's cultural heritage right and like really respecting that because historically people are like oh my god come check out this cool ass shrunken head that i found (laughs) it's awesome let's play like football with it or something you know like people people used to eat mummies like you know that right no like the victorians were like oh my god it's so good for your skin like it's good for your bowels let's go Uh, eat this mummy or they would make mummies into mummy brown paint you know like that's a really good example of people disregarding other people's cultural heritage and destroying things yeah you know it's just like well listen they're gone we found it we're here it's mine let's use it yeah but, you know, That's fascinating. more modernly, like, oh, this is a Native American thing. Let me not, as a white person, put my business onto this, you know? Like, give opportunities or cultural understanding from a different perspective. Mm. Or, like, don't touch the shrunken head, maybe, if you're a woman. Might Man. be worth considering. Yeah, it might be worth considering at the very least. It's these things are just so fascinating to me because they're so deep and they're so plentiful. Yeah. Like they're so complex and there's so many fucking layers to them. Sometimes it seems insurmountable the amount of considerations mm-hmm. one might need to consider. Yeah, to do to take one step mm-hmm. to do anything mm-hmm. right, which means you're you're gonna misstep. Yeah, which means you you ha- you just have to naturally, mm-hmm. and. The, one of the one of the other meetings I was thinking about that came to mind was a diversity meeting, mm-hmm. and you know I didn't put much thought into this, but as one might it would expect, the the positions I I would have to assume that art conservation 
it's not that vast. You're such a lady. I'm like trying not to burp into this. Like <laughs> I know that was such. I know, but it was, but it was such a lady the way you just put four fingers up to tilt. <laughs> <Excuse tilt. me. laughs> I try to be polite. Um, but like the the art conservation and probably archaeology as well. I, mm-hmm. I don't really know that, but that they're not millions of people doing this like it's a fuck like it's the tech industry. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, you know, meaning who's doing it? Mm-hmm. Well, who is even fucking thinking about digging things up out of the ground or conserving art? Like, why would that even be presented to your your consciousness? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, chances are, just like if you're listening to a podcast, you're probably in a decent space in life. Like, yeah. <laughs> things aren't so bad that you just got time to listen to a podcast, that you have time to think about digging fun things, fun things mm-hmm. out of the ground or, you know, conserving art. And then you get into that whole political side of, well, who has the... The, the capability, who has, who has the, the resources, means. the means <laughs> yeah. to even think about these yeah. things. And so they're having these diversity meetings like how can we get more people involved on a, on a broader scale in art conservation and all that. And it's like. That sounds quite ambitious. That's mm-hmm. that's quite ambitious, because let me tell you something. I didn't know anybody fucking talking about art conservation growing up. Mm-hmm. Not not in like a serious sense of that's what I want to do when I grow up. Same thing with archaeology. Yeah. And and so to go to work, I'm assuming it's a lot of white people in both of these mostly regards, white women. right? Yeah. White oh yeah, and white women on top of that. And then that's even funnier that it's women because I was asking cuz she she had touched on that too and I was yeah. like I was like, why do you, why do you think white women? And before I tell her uh, or tell you what her is, why why do you think that it's mostly white women as opposed to white people? (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was such a funny answer, but accurate. I, I feel, I don't really know. I don't feel like I have a good answer to that. Okay, but you have, have an answer. <laughs> you have something you want to say. Um, I say it. <laughs> I don't know. Probably the like the little neurotic white woman thing. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's so funny. You think that it's like <laughs> it's a lot of like strange people work in <laughs> conservation, and I feel like that really appeals to a certain demographic of white woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> a certain demographic world. Yeah. I mean, she is strange. I love her. She's, she's, I think she would say that. Is she white? I, yeah. Is she, and she's strange? I would say so. Okay. I wonder if she would say so. I think she would, she would have to say so. Yeah. If she's being real, she would have to say so. Yeah, she's definitely strange. And I love her for yeah. her strangeness. Yeah. Um, her strangeness is probably the biggest reason why her and I are so close because yeah. I'm strange. She's strange. <laughs> we bond over strange shit. Yeah. Um, she said very confidently too, and then I kind of like sit back. You said that there's something extremely uh, unglorious about about the work. Yeah, like it's, it's 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 nothing that you're gonna hold up a huge trophy about. It's nothing you're mm-hmm. gonna beat your chest about. It's not you're not standing yeah. on the top of a mountain like I just look what I just conserved today. Like it's yeah. not that. And so, therefore, there's something 
egoless about it. There's not, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. something that's really gonna satiate the male ego. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, sure. Hmm. Okay. I was like, I'm, I, mean, I was like, I, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that in the same vein as like psychology. How many, how many women do you speak to versus men that just like love thinking about like the human mind and, and like love speaking to people and, and thinking about them? How many therapists slash psychologists do you know are people going into school for psychology or women versus men? Well, so counter to that. Do it. More. I believe it's more women go to college than men just in general. Oh, just in general. That makes sense. Yeah. So well, I wonder many, if that affects it as well. Oh, what are the numbers of men versus women in the world? I think there's more women than men. More women. Too. Okay. So then you also have that aspect as well. There's just more women doing shit, just living. I And I think also with like feminism and like that whole movement of women going into the workforce and really also like emphasizing the traditional idea that women aren't as like physically capable as men, but our minds are, you know, very capable of go to college, get your degree. In, Don't go do a trade, you know? In in my experience speaking with humans, mm-hmm. um, women seem to be much more fascinated with with the way people think, mm-hmm. uh, with just more fascinated with other humans mm-hmm. than, and, and this could have been something that, as you're kind of touching on, culturally mm-hmm. woven into the tapestry of the way in which we do things, the way in which we think, just the you know human psychology. Yeah. Um, but it, it seems like just as I'm speaking to men and I'm speaking to women. Do you find yourself more attracted to men or women in the sense of someone to chat with? Like, do you, do, do, does it matter for you? Do you feel like you've had more guy friends, more women friends like in life? I would say probably more so women. Yeah, okay. I feel like it's. Yeah, women like understand each other's perspective. It when I feel like when you're talking to someone of the same gender, you usually have like at least a touchstone mm. of like perspective as mm. well. Like, do you think that you had more, you've had more women or ma- male friends, female or male? More, more male friends traditionally growing up. Mm-hmm. If you ask me today, who I speak to more, especially in in long form, it's women. It's much easier for me to speak to women Mm -hmm. than it is men traditionally. Mm -hmm. And I've tracked this through time and I think about it often. And so when I'm about to have an interaction with a guy, like I'm I'm like looking, I'm sensing what is happening in between us. And uh, it seems like with guys, there's like a thing you got to like kind of crack through. Mm hmm. To, to There's get very to much them. so a front. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but women is so much easier. Like, it seems like there's there's. Listen, it's not it's not rocket science. They're much more vulnerable. Like, they're much more there mm-hmm. for the most part. I'm not saying that they don't have their insecurities or they're not going to, as you say, 
take a little bit of time to kind of get to know you first before they, you you know, contribute in any sort of real wholesome way. But it just seems so much easier. And it seems like men are a lot more interested, and this could have been culturally interwoven or it could just be a natural thing, could be a bit of both. I'm certain it's nature and nurture. I don't don't know the ratio of those two for this, but into things. Like they like things a lot. They they love cars. They love (laughs) tech. They, They love tech. They love cars. They love sports they love things you know and they they love breaking them down they love talking about them on those on those levels women are much more easy to speak to about them mm-hmm. about like what's going on with them mm-hmm. in their brain and in their body it seems so for me um but i just think that that just comes from years of of men not speaking about their feelings mm-hmm like it's not let me tell you what men don't talk about because <laughs> when we get together <laughs> yeah okay like w- what's not being said is just like hey, but man but how do you feel yeah but like how do you feel about that no like really tell me man like are you okay like that's usually not how it's going down i don't know if you've seen like all the memes and the videos where it's like women talking to their boyfriends or their husband mm. or whatever and i have personally had this happen to me like last week oh this is where good. like my boyfriend's you know, talking about his friends and like, oh, you know, like Chad over there, you know, him and his girlfriend, like they're they're going to break up or like they're not doing well. And you're like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> Tell me about it. And he's like, oh, well, I, I didn't ask. Like, have you seen those memes? Those I have videos? not seen those memes, they're but I've lived so that funny. life. I've <laughs> I've seen that for sure. Man, I have been around. Let me cl- click this. All right, I'm doing. Let me click. Let me get a little bit of air circulation. I just need just the, one more. Okay, you're fine. Um, <laughs> this is. I love the way this conversation is going. I have absolutely been around guys. Mm-hmm. They start to date someone, and or or let. I mean. I'll be generous and say they just started to date this person, but we can even go as far as they've been dating them for months now. And you ask this very simple question. Hey man, you you know, you guys been, (laughs) you guys been dating for a while. Like, you know, what's, what's going on? Like you, you guys are your thing. You know, what's, what's going on with that? Is all, you know, or you ask more specifically, what do you like about her? Oh, that's got breasts. Like, (laughs) Oh, oh, she's cool, man. She's cool, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we chill. You know, we smoke some weed. You know, she'll watch the game with me. You know, watching the game. Who is she as a person? You know what Tell I mean? Tell me about her. You never get around to that. Like, it never, it never comes up. It's yeah. just like, she, I don't dislike her. She's it's, there. It, yeah, like, the, the real answer is like, I don't hate her. <laughs> Like, she doesn't piss me off right now. Yeah. And so, therefore, I'm with her. Like, you never get, like, man, it's just, you know, she's she's wildly generous. Like, I never thought, like, I never even knew how much I loved generosity until I was with her. Mm-hmm. And she would just do these small things here and there. And it was nothing to her. Like, it was, she did them very nonchalantly. Like, she would just give things away. Yeah. Not even just to me, but just to other people. She would just give, you know, and it's like, oh, fuck, she's very generous. Like, this is 
this is really nice. Mm. She's not stingy with her money or with her time. Like she and she's she values other people's time. She's very considerate, and I love that. Like you don't get that answer. You know what I mean? So yeah. this is this is a little bit of of what I'm talking about, but. You know, I don't mean to just completely shit on guys here, but this is but it's a cultural phenomenon. It's uh it's interesting. It's it's very interesting. So it's been much easier. And I'll tell you this. The numbers say that the overwhelming majority of people that listen to this podcast are women. And that also speaks to me in some way as well, mm-hmm. because it seems as though the, the content is What's going on with you? What's going on with me? How do we feel about these things? What do we think about these things? You know? So, I don't know. But, yeah, there's, I, I, I just, you know, it comes to psychology. And, I, and there's also something about that when it comes to true crime. You know, like that's deeply psychological. Yeah. And that is overwhelmingly women watching true crime. Like who got murdered this week? Who's doing the murders? Who's the new cool serial killer? Like that's yeah. overwhelmingly women. It's just something about wanting to know about the human mind and, and like why people do. Oh, no, that's OK. I promise. I got I'm it. trying to like match your vibe. It's oh, OK. It Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, something very, very deep about that. Not to say, again, that you're not going to have the outliers. Like, there are men that are interested in that stuff. But for the most part, just like you're going to have women that want to fucking, you know, get underneath the hood of a car and, you know what I mean, change your oil for you. That's nice, too. Yeah. But for the most part, it's, uh, it's kind of weird. But there is some sort of barrier between them. Which is also really, really nice when you find guys that I used to say what I kind of just said, which was that it's very, very difficult for me to just kind of crack that shell with Mm -hmm. guys. But then you meet, you travel or people travel here. European guys. Different. Super easy to talk to. Super duper easy. They're giving each other kisses. They're <laughs> holding hands and frolicking in the daisies. They're just they're having a good old time and they talk about all sorts of different shit and they're much more in tune with their feelings than American men. So I have kind of like a two-part question for you. Do it. So one, I pedaling back yeah. a long time. How do you get your information? Because every time we've spoken. You're a very, like, learned person, though. Mm-hmm. So you don't read articles, but do you read books? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love, I love read books. Sometimes I won't read a book for months. Mm-hmm. And then, and then th- there'll be some years where I read mm-hmm. 60 books. Do you yeah. consume any other kind of educational media? Um, do I consume? Like any- videos, documentaries? Or are you just like... I'm going to learn something. I'm going to go get me a book. It's <laughs> <laughs> such an old ass thing to do. I need this information. Okay. Let me go get an encyclopedia That's and okay. figure this out instead of pulling out. You know, what's funny is I speak to people yeah. often. Okay. I speak to people. So that's, I gain a lot of information and insight that way. Like, uh, sometimes it's stupid though. Like I'll, 
I'll text my friend and be like, hey, man, I remember you you mounted a TV in your house. Um, how'd you do that? Okay. Like, I don't, like, I'm not texting him off of a supercomputer in my, that fits in my hand that I can easily just, (laughs) easy, easy YouTube, Google, anything, Mm -hmm. right? I'm texting a dude. Hey man, what'd you do over there with the thing? He's just like, Earl, (laughs) stop this. Stop this madness. Look this up, man. <laughs> you know, I so love that yeah, so uh, yeah, no, I'll listen to a podcast every now and again, and, and to get a whole bunch of interesting information from certain podcasts. But when it comes to podcasts, though, I find myself there's there's a certain medium of of conversation that I really enjoy, mm-hmm. and I just find myself participating in that type more so than hearing it. Um, I, I hear that often in life when it comes to the arts, for any creator, music, fine arts, whatever, the kind of goal is to make what you would like to see out there, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you can't just duplicate what someone else is doing. Like You don't even want to do that. Like you want yourself, you want to express mm-hmm. Um, now, that is clearly going to come from inspiration from other things, but you don't want to just try to do the exact same thing that someone else did. That would make it, that would be ridiculous. So. The conversations that I have here and just often in life in general, um, if you're anyone that talks to me on the regular are the types of conversations that I would like to see happen more. Yeah. So when I listen to podcasts, it's usually highly informational, like mm-hmm. there's. You know, the Huberman lab. I don't know if you're if you know about that, but it's just there are a bunch of scientists, there are a bunch of learned people out there speaking about whatever the fuck it is they went to school to do for however long and whatever their vocation is. Um, but a lot of the times I'm, I'll listen to it and I'm like, this is listen, a lot of this information is fascinating. Like, it's really cool that you guys know for the butt. that you guys know all this information. I, I, <laughs> but <laughs> but sometimes I want to know what's going on with you, though. Okay. Like, like the the deeper part, like the deeper thing. You have all this interesting stuff. I could come on here and I could just I could just go to the store and keep purchasing Snapple facts. I could just go there and just buy. Bottles and bottles and bottles of Snapple and just read all facts all day because those things are interesting. You ever, when was the last time you opened up a bottle of Snapple? I'm not You're a like, fan of Snapple. Yeah, neither am I. But, <laughs> but I remember that there were facts on the caps. Yeah, yes. And, you know, so those are cool. Like trivia night is awesome. It's fun yeah. to go out and do trivia night. But it's also trivia night. Like you, <laughs> the fuck else are you going to do? Like once you leave trivia and I be like, hey, man, that fact that they said I, that really has me thinking about some things. I need to get my fucking life together. That usually doesn't happen. It very well could. But I, I really you can laugh at me. It's OK. You don't have to stop the laugh. But I really, really enjoy when people's eyes light up about the, you, you know what it is for me. Usually a lot of success and a lot of things that drive people 
or maybe things that were lacking earlier in their life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have like these basic things of like fear and fucking really is just like what has driven civilization. Like, well, listen, we got to procreate. So I'm really, as a human, people are willing to do things to sort of present themselves in a way that would allow them to procreate. Right. So that's a lot of what's going on now. The flashy cars and the jewelry and the get the nice job and the say the right joke into whatever the thing is. People are trying all sorts of different ways to peacock. Right. Mm-hmm. To shed their flowers and to, and to show or for their flowers, their feathers and to show, hey, I'm worthy of procreation. Please, let's procreate. And then you have the other side, which is just fear, fear of Famine, fear of humiliation, public ostracization, fear of just things in general, which propel people to do things so that they don't have to deal with whatever they fear. Mm -hmm. Right. And so these things drive us. Um, I didn't really feel like I grew up in a place that allowed me to express not the the things that I wanted to speak about, which were things that were going on in my brain. Mm -hmm. Felt like I had a lot going on and nobody really gave a fuck about <laughs> any of those things. And so then when I was able to create a space where not only I could come in and have some form of therapy, but then other people allow themselves to come in and start talking. This became a really fucking cool place to sit here and talk. And so this is more of what I'd like to see happen. Mm-hmm. And it's not it was once about just me. It starts as a very, very selfish endeavor. And then you start to talk to more and more people and you start to realize just how many people feel that same thing. Like they don't have people to talk to. Like they don't have people that they really feel like or give a fuck about what's going on inside them. They don't really feel like they have people that give them the time and truly listen to what it is that they're talking about and expressing their ideas and their beliefs and their feelings and their complications and all that sort of stuff, which is why we have therapists, which is great. It's great that I always say it's great that we have that profession. Yeah. It's also sad that we have to have that profession because we're all here. If we learned the basics, if we learned the fundamentals of therapy, if we learned how to listen to each other, if we learned how to listen and how to give or present pointed questions to our interlocutor and to give small insights and to just be there, right? Then we wouldn't need them as much. Are you a religious person? No. Do you think there is a rise in therapy that coincides with the rise of, like, secularism? For sure. Because, like, you know. People are missing God answers those questions. People are missing a lot, for sure. Um, People are definitely... It definitely seems as though people are missing a very vital piece um, of that. So you are a religious I'm person? I'm not at okay. all. I just, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, um, that's definitely seems to be the case. Um, I think that there are a lot of different ways to look at religion. And I think that you can be secular and in some ways, as people say, spiritual. I think that you can... Find ways. I used the word pray the other day in regards to something that I like to do on a daily basis. So I was more so speaking about respecting the muse or respecting, you know, whatever it is, the thing it is that you are 
whatever the the intention is, the the gem, the core, the quintessence of why it is you do what you do. Mm-hmm. And if there's if you can find that, because it's very difficult and it, sometimes it moves around and it, it shape shifts, it becomes something different as you get older. Like I said, it started as something very selfish for me here and then it morphed into something else. Yeah. But if you can find what that thing is and you can honor that thing and that can, by the way, just be life. It doesn't have to be like a physical like hobby or some shit that you do. But if you can find that thing and you can honor it. And you can try everything you possibly can to honor that thing. That is in some way, shape, or form of you praying to something that is clearly much larger than your puny ass. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, it, it's something that's that's greater, and it's something that brings you closer to some semblance of, of you know, some ethereal sort of nature, something that 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 elevates your state of being and your 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 wellness of life your general wellness of life because mm-hmm. you're fucking out of yourself you're out of your mind mm-hmm. you're out of just thinking about you and i think that's in turn what's happening for people so in religion you have you have that clear thing mm-hmm. it's jesus it's allah it's whatever the fuck and you're like okay boom i know the thing i know the principles I'm going to pray to this thing, right? But if you don't have that, I think a lot of people are now missing, like, well, what the, what is it then? Like, what is the thing? And I I feel like in this day and age, most long conversations have in this day and age in it. (laughs) It's, 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 uh, we have an, incalculable exorbitant amount of distractions that has just never existed before so many so it's so hard to just like to try to sift through all the bullshit to try to get to that thing Mm -hmm. and try to figure out well why do i do this like why am i doing this i talk to people all the time man i'm like hey what do you what do you like to do like what's going on and it's like it's a difficult it's, question. It's like I don't fucking know. Like, I, <laughs> I'm like, no, like, what do you? I'm not saying like for work or like what you want to do when you grow up. I'm not asking you that. I'm just like, what do you like? Like, what do you enjoy? What what grabs your interest? I don't know how many other ways to ask you this, but you know, it's like, no, really, still, I, it doesn't matter how many times you ask me and how many different ways. I don't, I don't have an answer for this. Like, I just, I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of lit. I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I go to work. I know I got to go to work. So I get in the car and I do that. And I complain about it most of the time I'm there. And when I'm not there and I wake up again. <laughs> that's so miserable. You know, and it's like, that's that's life. I don't really have that thing. I don't really know. Um, do you see that as like younger people or everybody? I think definitely definitely younger i mean younger people younger people are they're growing up the ages are are interesting these days right like the different generations because i'm a part of a generation that you walked up and you knocked on people's doors for the kid to come hey can jason come outside and play and not only did you ask but you had to talk to the grandma you had to talk to the parents like you had to you had to really speak to people. Mm-hmm. You had to memorize phone numbers. Ew, you know, that's so fucking gross. <laughs> Sorry. 
little interjection there. <laughs> I know like two phone numbers, three. Yeah, yeah, like you, you know, you had to, you did these things. You fucking threw rocks at each other, and you ran around outside, and you found the somebody tied a rope to a tree out in the forest, and you had a rope swing now. And then somebody put somebody came out there who was some fucking woodworking person. I don't know who this person ever was because it was never me, but found a way to put a wood plank on that piece of wood and then now you have a rope swing like a real rope swing you can sit on and you'd fly off and you'd jump into the forest and you'd scrape your ankle and you'd bust your head and then you'd run in and your grandma would pat you up and send your ass back out there to do it again and that's that's the way that i grew up now a lot of kids these days are not living that way um you know they got ipads and shit they got iphones they're in the house they're chilling they're playing video games they're on twitch they're watching other people play video games they're Watching porn, they're doing all sorts. They're they're doing all yeah. sorts of wild shit. Um, so it's definitely different. That's a fact. Um, and they do seem like overall sadder. I don't remember kids just being as sad when I was young. But we didn't have as many things to distract us though. Like we were in each other's faces, mm-hmm. like just doing shit. You know, pulling a girl's hair that you liked. And running around and chasing people and playing basketball, like you know, but but now you just on your phone, just scrolling. There's there have been a lot of studies. I'll tell you what, a documentary that I did watch mm-hmm. was the uh, the um, social dilemma. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Oh, I should watch it. I really if you at all like interested in cut my reliance on my phone. You, I go through these phases. I can tell when I'm not doing as well. Really? Like yeah. Tell me. Tell me about I'm, it. I'm on my phone a lot more. Yeah. Especially because, like, I fucking love TikTok. It's, oh yeah. It's so good. I get it. Yeah. What like, do you watch on there? What's your thing? Oh my god, I have. It's a lot. It's a wide variety, but like, I'm a sucker for an animal video. Like, it's so fucking lame. And no, 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 no. They're not. What kind of? What are we talking about? Like cute yeah. animal vi- or you just like in, like animals Funny eating animals? Animal. I I have a cat, so okay. I get a lot of cat videos. Okay. My boyfriend's obsessed. Oh my god! I move my hands too much. Okay. Um, my boyfriend is positively obsessed with cows and ducks mm. and capybaras. So I get a lot. Capybara? What's that? Like um. What kind of? They look like a big raccoon, or not raccoon, excuse me, groundhog. Oh, wow. They're like a bigger groundhog. Huge. Whoa. And they're really affectionate. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I can so see. They I like, get it. They like little scratches, but then they're like a big dog. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And they I swim. Mm. Yeah. They're really fucking cute. I get it. There's certain things. Listen. As I've gotten older, I've definitely yeah. softened up. In these past few years, yeah. I've just softened up so yeah. much. I don't know what's happening. I think she's a big part of it. I think just being in a loving relationship has something to do with it. That a is huge a good part. Thing. A huge part of it. Um But I'll just I'll just get happy. I'll like I was walking down the street the other day. I was just walking, just mm-hmm. having a good old time, just walking mm-hmm. through the autumn weather. And I looked across the street and there was an elementary school and I saw some kids coming out for recess. Oh my god! Yeah. I was so happy. I saw those fucking kids come out, ha- just going ape shit, just to a be bit out. Of joy in you. Oh no, a lot of joy, a lot of joy. And then I saw the little marquee that they have outside, and it was like Monster Mash on October twenty seventh, and the book swap, 
and Spirit Week, <laughs> Spirit Week this week. And then these motherfuckers had off mm-hmm. Halloween's Eve. First of all, they, yeah, they had off. We didn't get off Halloween's Eve. Maybe Halloween. I don't even know if we got that day off. Maybe, probably. But they had off Halloween's Eve. It was October 30th. I was like, damn. (laughs) So I was just like seeing that and I was just looking at them like, that's nice. Just just kids being kids. Like what a great time in life being a kid. She's got no idea what the fuck is going on in this world. Do you have any like nieces, nephews? Not yet. Small children in your family? I will have a nephew in March, I believe. It's so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have six nieces. Oh wow! It's like damn all nieces. I know. (laughs) Damn, no. They couldn't get one guy out of there. No, it's bad. (laughs) But like, I love being around them, and there's so much joy and love and appreciation for life. And you're like, oh my god, this is like it's the best watching little kids grow up. So you're. Okay, so you watch uh, animal videos, and your boyfriend also loves animal videos. Yes. You guys have different animals that you love to watch for the most yeah. part. Um, I love baby videos. Okay. I saw these. What kind of baby videos? Because there's quite the range. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Um, just babies doing... Doing like cute random baby things, like when they don't feel like they're being watched yeah. sometimes, like candid baby videos. Okay. Um, like babies trying to figure the world out, just trying to do little things. And it's sometimes it's like wildly insightful, like very profound, mm-hmm. like the things that they'll figure out. And you're like, oh my God, they figured that shit out. Like that's awesome. Um, I need it. Are you on Instagram? Oh, well, we just kind of, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get back into this. Okay. I'm going to send you. This video. Oh, my God. There were these two little children. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be. I'm really bad at this game, but I would say I, I cannot do ages. I mean, literally for adults either. Like, I have no idea how old anyone on this planet is. But I think that they're not over three years old. So they're probably like maybe in their twos. They, okay. they can stand and walk around. And they're affectionate. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there was a brother and a sister. They seemed roughly the same age. And whatever the fuck just happened, because it's only like a 15-second clip, whatever just happened was a big deal to the boy. He was very angry. He was crying. And he wanted nothing to do with the sister. And he was just like, he was trying to like, he kind of like stiff-armed her, was just like, get away from me. And like, took a few steps away. And she came over to him and like, tried to like pull his face over to hers to like kiss him and he was like no and like you know pushed her mm-hmm. away again and like she kind of very sheepishly just like sat there and like started twiddling her thumbs or something like looking at him yeah and then he like turned around i guess he had sort of noticed what had happened he turned around and then she was still sitting there looking at him and then they slowly came over and Aww, embraced each other cute. and i was like oh my god that melted my heart now the caption that they had written was like love is f- or or fights are, p- are temporary if love is forever or something mm-hmm. shit like that. But it was just this very, very beautiful moment that we kind of forget about as adults that let that shit go. Mm-hmm. Like, let that shit go. Bring it in. Let's hug it out. Because I think people forget about that. And that's a huge part of contention in people's mind, which is why people are very non-confrontational yeah. because you forget that 
even within confrontation, there can be love on the other end. Like you can come back together. You don't just have to have a screaming match Mm -hmm. and say, fuck you and walk away from each other. Like you can have an or a difference of opinions or whatever the case is and then come back and hug it out and like i think people forget about that often so in their mind they're just like well i can't i can't say that to him like Mm. he we're gonna blow up it's it's not gonna go over well so instead i'm just gonna harbor this shit and push Mm -hmm. it deep down into my soul and he'll never ever see it (laughs) and i'm gonna deal with that i'll just hold that in for the rest of my life right and clearly we know that that doesn't bode very well for the you know well children have like so little ego and they're so emotionally intelligent and intuitive and like that's kids say the darndest things because they're saying what they're thinking you know and like it just is what it is that's why they're they're kind of fucking cool tell me about this uh how you how you sense your mental health on the decline the you know when you start ramping up in hours on social media or however much time you put on it yeah it's just like it's i think it's that form of like escapism of like you know that's my place where i'm like okay i'm looking for happy stuff right mm. i like the joyful the silly whatever like i'm not really i avoid the news i avoid whatever but i will be sitting there like looking for that little bit of that little hit of dopamine that little hit oh, yeah shit. give me that cat like biting someone i don't know <laughs> you know like i'm i'm looking for that hit of serotonin you know so i know i'm not doing well if i'm like on there longer because i'm looking for it i don't have it you know i see yeah. I see. And, but does it manifest in any other way? Like, are you just ever just out and about and just like, just is there ever just a general malaise that's just clouding what otherwise would be happiness as you're just walking out throughout so. your day? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But I think usually, like, I have enough people around me who are like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, that's nice. And they nice. can snap me out. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, see? Pretty good with that. That's- or like, I'm very self. I self-analyze a oh, okay. lot too, so I can be like, I am, I'm being a dickhead today. I need mm-hmm. to calm down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. You can see that. Yeah. yeah. What about you? The reflection is nice. Um. Yeah, for sure. There's. I'm very, very interested in attention. Do I give a lot of of my attention to augmenting my attention to things that I want, like through meditation and things like that? Like I, I try really, really hard to. Mm-hmm to focus on focus and like for instance there was a time she she has her own skincare business that she does like on on the side which is great we'll have to get you something when we get out of here we might have to get you a little whip butter or something like that at least a lip balm lip balms are made we have so many lip balms in here we're gonna get you a lip balm okay cool um yeah you're gonna walk out of here with some some one of these little seltzers and some lip balm um there was a time where and I'm and I'm glad that the conversation naturally got here because we've kind of been talking about this men versus women type of deal this whole time, and this fits in here because this is a trope that we gotta we gotta we gotta work on. Patriarchy. She's <laughs> <laughs> gonna just drop that. <laughs> drop Shit. that in patriarchy. Um, when it comes to 
one thing that I feel like men in general could do better with. And this is this is something that we all we all kind of intuitively know is giving women attention, right? Like how often have you been around a group of girls and they're like, oh my God, like your nails are so nice. Where'd you get them done? Or like your hair. And they're just like, yeah, you know, he never notices. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a fucking meme for you. He never notices. Mm -hmm. Right. She stopped doing the business. She went on a, a hiatus for quite some time. And in my mind at that time, she had stopped because it wasn't going as well as she would have liked it to go, mm-hmm. right? Which is why people kind of stop doing stuff because it's not going very well. They're mm-hmm. just like, man, fuck it. Like, I thought that this would have done better at this point in time or whatever the case is. Yeah. Stefania, it wasn't until I will have to ask him when we get out of here months and months, maybe a year after. It was so long after that happened that I found out because my attention started to become acute and I started asking her more questions about herself Mm -hmm. and like what was going on. It wasn't until so much long after that I figured out that the reason that she went on this hiatus was because the business was doing, it was doing too well. It was doing so well. Oh my God. I'm so glad you're here right now. (laughs) The bear. I forget her name, the little black chick that was the sous chef. Yeah, I love her. She stopped her business in the garage that she had. Yeah. The reason she stopped is because she could not do the business. She got way too ahead of herself because, Mm -hmm. you know, she works so fast. She wants to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So she started getting business out the ass Mm -hmm. and she couldn't sustain it. She was like, this is too much. This this is too much business for me, for this one human right now. Mm Same thing happened to her. She was getting wild orders. And not only was she getting wild orders, but the way in which she was allowing people to customize. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it got it got wild. So people were putting in, it wasn't just like set things that you could purchase. It was like, you can have a body butter and you can have these five different scents. You can have, you know, jojoba and lavender and eucalyptus and this and that. Or you can put in mint and this. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you doing a whole lot. She didn't realize she was doing a whole lot until a whole lot of business started coming in, right? I didn't know that that was the case. My mind was blown mm-hmm. when I figured that. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You, you stopped the business because you were doing too well? Fuck. I wish I had known. Mm-hmm. I wish I was paying more attention to you. So I could have helped you. Yeah. I, I could have been there. We could have figured this out. Yeah. We, we could have, I, I could have been there. We could have talked about it. We could have scaled back. You could have changed the website. We could, mm-hmm. we could have did whatever needed to be done. Yeah. I would have, I would have talked you into continuing to do it mm-hmm. and we would have just figured it out together. But I wasn't there. Like I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so you stop. And, you know, So this whole thing with attention is just like extremely, extremely interesting because it seems to be like the most valuable thing. Like, like where, where the fuck are you Mm -hmm. now? The whole social media thing. 
I don't do too much. I, I do what they call as posting ghosts. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just like podcast stuff. Like I'll make a little clips. So I'll go up there, post it on all these different things. And then I get right the fuck out. Yeah. And I just continue on with the day. The amount of gratitude for simple life, mm-hmm. this idea that less is most more often more mm-hmm. is such a beautiful idea. And um, and it's definitely I, I feel it. It resonates with me. My days are very, very simple, very minimalistic. Uh, you know, I'm going out and getting getting wood for the fire over there. And, uh, you know, I, I go to work. but I work very little these days, four days a week now. That's nice. Um, and I, I stretch like today I woke up. I had a little breakfast. I had some pomegranate seeds and some little egg bites with salmon. And I chilled out for, for, for a little bit. And then I stretched for like an hour, took a little like 45-minute nap. I got up, went hit the gym, hit the sauna, got out. But it's not, it's not like too much craziness mm-hmm. going on. But this, sometimes we're just overstimulated because there's always something. Like you can always pull up a video or a social media app or music or something you can always have something next to you but the idea of just like putting that away Mm -hmm. and just being with your thoughts just washing dishes and just hearing the washing of the dishes like just taking a walk and not bringing headphones Mm -hmm. just walking just listening to the sounds of the earth you know and just doing those things more i i mean I don't mean to be that old person wagging their finger like, put that phone away. But I'll tell you, for myself, it has brought a world of difference. Yeah. A world of difference. I feel like, for me, it's very environmental. Mm. Like, when I go visit my parents, like, they live out in the country. I'm able to, you know, my phone never comes out. It's never even a question, you know. If, If anything, it's to, okay, it's getting late. It's dark. Let me check the time. I'm going to hit a deer. I got to go, you know, (laughs) like that's it. Or if we go on a hike, it's never coming up. But if I'm at home, I just finished dinner. I'm going to go lay on the couch. Okay. It's bedtime. Yeah. Time to go. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. During quarantine, she started clocking her hours on quarantine. Got rougher people. She was scrolling for, this is not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Eight hours yeah. a day. I believe it. Eight hours. Yeah. That's great. That's a full time job. Yeah. You gotta Fuck. check the statuses would, to the to the point yeah. where it, she'd run out of content. Yeah. It'd be like you. you Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so embarrassing. You're like, oh my god. He's like, what? Out of content? What is that even? What? Yeah. That's impossible. I can't yeah. be out of content. You try to refresh. No, still not here. Yeah. <laughs> Give it some time, buddy. Give me more. Yeah. I need more. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But it's but I, I understand. I don't think that it's easy for people to stop at all. Mm. At all. Because you, you because you're afraid that you're like missing out on stuff, you know, in the world. Because everybody's always tapped in to like all these things going on politically or just like just fun little cute things that yeah. you're talking about or it's sports or it's fashion or it's 
celebrity gossip, whatever the case is, like you just want to be tapped in. You want to know what's going on. Yeah. So I, I completely get it. I completely get it. It's tough to put that shit down. It has such a hold on people. Such a hold on them. And then, you know, I was, I was having a conversation on the last episode with my friend Mikey about, about dating. Because I speak to people often about dating. In this conversation on the pod, it actually it took form again the next day between Von Marie and I. And I took it a bit further. So people often say that people are very, very boring in like the dating world. Like really? They're just like, they're just like it's so fucking boring out here. People are so boring. They're so, what do people say? Like I, boring is definitely a huge word. But I think they say that they're like people are super basic. They're just like very oh, predictable. I don't. I never had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I was never like, oh my god, hey, how's your day or whatever. Hey, like no. You had a good time, dude. dude I always fine. like went straight to the point. I was like, what's going on? You got a picture with like a. There's like a weird looking dog in the background. Tell me about it. Yeah. You know. Uh, see, maybe you just have certain. Well, this 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 well this is this is where okay see this is, I guess this is where my theory kind of goes. Um, you want some more ice? Um, I'm okay. Okay, thank you. Um, <clears throat> I definitely don't think that people are boring. Just as a rule, mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I think people are fascinating, mm-hmm. super fascinating. I do think that it does take work to to see that. Yeah, you got to scratch. Yeah, you know. And people are very often, and I have felt this, and you do this, which is you are not going to give yourself mm-hmm. until you assess the situation and yeah. see what's in front of you. Sometimes people don't be talking about shit or they, or they ask you a question, but they don't they're not really listening. And we can intuit that on our on our own. Right. Mm-hmm. We can see if someone's asking us a question, but yet like they're really they're looking other places. They're not really trying to give you their or maybe you do give an answer. And then there's like no follow up or yeah. they don't. This is a conversation. We're playing ping pong here. Right. You got Or not. You know, maybe you're just in there by yourself. What are they? What are that game? Do people just play by themselves as they racquetball? Yeah. 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 You're just in there by yourself. Just, you know, hitting it against a wall, um, which is what I hear people are doing a lot of times. I think what I believe Is that people are very, very wrapped up in themselves. Now, this goes back to that religious standpoint we were talking about. Okay. The religion, the point you're talking about, the point we're talking about, is something outside of themselves, something greater than themselves that they can look towards, pray to, honor, right? See is, is something venerable that, that's, that's, that's beautiful and, and worth giving worth dedicating themselves to, right? In some fundamental way. And without that, you're kind of in the wind. So you need something to ground you. Mm -hmm. You need something to anchor you. Mm -hmm. Often with these people that tell me, oh, I don't, I don't have anything. I don't like anything. I don't care about anything. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why I do this. I just, I just, I'm just still breathing. 
Mm. I'm just still breathing. It's just another day. Mm. Um, if you're out on a date with someone and you're trying to get to know them, I remember what it was like before I escaped my mind. I remember what it was like to be completely in my head about every social interaction I was having. Yeah. I remember what that was like. It was a long time ago, but I, but I remember it. And often, you know, you think that because someone's walking around with their, with their shoulders back and their head up and you think that they're a beautiful person or they're attractive, mm -hmm. that that's what's going on inside of them. It's not the case. Almost it's, never. It's almost never the case, right? And you often see, I had a friend that told me, he was like, man, he's like, I like a compliment. Like, don't get me wrong. But when women tell me repeatedly that they think that I'm attractive, so you know what happens in my mind? I get in my head and I start to think, I start to take on that identity. Right. So people take on identities. They're looking for identities, whether it be through art, whatever the case yeah. is. We're looking to like feel some sort of home in us. And so sometimes people are told, oh, you're so gorgeous. You're so gorgeous. You're so gorgeous. So then they take that on. Like, OK, I'm the gorgeous person. Like, what does a gorgeous person do? Mm -hmm. what, how does a gorgeous person look? How do they act? Mm -hmm. So then you're constantly in your mind thinking like, well, I got to be gorgeous. Like, I got to look. I got to play into the role that they have given me. Mm -hmm. Which means that you don't make goofy faces. You don't make fun of yourself the way that you would like to. You, you're not as lax. You're not as loose as you would like to be. Because to you, that's not what a gorgeous figure looks like or does. Right? You get in your head about it. Um, and I think a lot of people are just generally in their head about them. I think a lot of people are thinking about them a lot. Like, and so because they're not focused on, on external things, they're not focused on doing things as best as they possibly can in any given moment of time, or just giving their attention to the, the world around them at any point in time. They're thinking about them, 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 them. What does this person think about me? What do they think about what I just said? What do they think about the way that I look? What do they think about? What do they think about? What do they think about? Yeah. And so because you're in that programming, you don't talk about other things with a burning passion. You don't. So when other people ask you, hey, what's going on? What do you like? What, what are you interested in? What do you enjoy? Those answers aren't there. Because you haven't given the time to things outside of yourself because you've just been trapped inside of your mind. That's one thing. That's one out of the many things that I feel like are is stifling the, the dating and just overall, you know, uh, just communal aspect of, of human beings. That's a really interesting perspective. Yeah, I think people are often just there. It's very, very difficult to to do these two things simultaneously. Right. Because I have conversation with people often. And in order for me to do very well at conversation, as I, you do, I, I, I have to be like I I have to care about what it is you're talking about. Yeah. Like I have to listen to what it is you're saying and like intuit 
like how it feels to you and like what your facial expressions are saying to me. Like I have to, in other words, pay attention to you Mm -hmm. and dedicate myself to this time that we're spending together because I, I honor your time here Mm -hmm. that you took to drive out to be here with me and to to sit here. Cause you don't have to fucking do this. This is crazy. What are you doing out here? Stefania? This is, you know what I mean? And, And I love that. I love that. And I, I do not take it for granted as much as I can because you do to some degree, you know, if I didn't take things for granted, I would just be in a ball crying all day long for like how beautiful my life is. But like I try not to take for granted other people's time and just the the generosity of you being here and speaking to me right now. Right. So I honor that. That is my God in the moment. Like this is what I honor. This is what I give my attention to right now. And so I'm here and I'm listening to you and I'm highly engaged in what is happening between you and I right now. Right. Yeah. So so you and I can get into this in the way that we are. Mm -hmm. But if I was using a lot of my brain power to think about what it is you're thinking, thinking about me and how it is I'm looking and I hope that I look okay, and I hope that I sound okay, and I hope that the other people that are going to be listening to this also think that I sound okay and I'm not saying anything stupid or I'm not doing this or I'm not doing... Then there's no way that I could give myself to the conversation that we're having at the same the same way. You, you just, you can't do both. You cannot juggle those two. You can't do both at the same time. Not to, not to the degree of of you know a devout religious person would like to be like you can be right it's sort of like you can go to church on sundays Mm. and then you can also live the rest of your week completely unlike your religion says you should be right so so it's like yeah you can kind of do it but if you really want to be devout to that thing which for me is attention to every present moment Mm. that is my god yeah. Then uh then yeah, you're then you you can't give yourself. So therefore you are by that very nature going to have stale interactions with other people because you can't give yourself to that moment. Because you're thinking about too many other things. What am I gonna eat later? Oh, I gotta watch that thing on Netflix later on. Why did I say that thing to that guy last week? That was stupid. I shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they're thinking about me right now. Do they see that I'm thinking about other things right now? Like you just there is a litany of things going on in people's mind. I wonder what the, how the war in fucking in, in Israel and Palestine is going. I wonder if it's going to come over here. Are we going to be in war? I wonder, if, did I do a good job having a child? What if we go to war and I have a child while there's a war going on? Like you, yeah. you, your yeah. brain can just bounce off of a million different things. Damn, I saw this thing on Instagram the other day. Why don't I look sexy and happy like that? Like, what, <laughs> like you can, you, your brain can yeah. just go to a million different places. So if you don't hone that focus to like the present moment, then of course you're going to have stale moments and you're not going to connect with the person sitting across from you over calamari and wine. <laughs> Oh, do. Of course, yeah. of course, your, your, your dates are going to suck and you're going to think other people are boring because they're not there <laughs> because they're not even fucking there. Like I wasn't there for her. Mm-hmm. Like many people are not there. Mm-hmm. People don't be there. <laughs> they don't even be there. Mm-hmm. You don't even be talking to them. You're talking to like their surrogate. It's like a like a, a very it's a shadowy version of them. It's like just enough of them that you think a humans in front of you. <laughs> 
But like, the but, hell are you talking about right now? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, their their mental faculties are not with you. Okay, they're just they're thinking about other things, and you're having a conversation with them, and they're there minimally. Like they're there just enough to be able to like respond to you about things. Yeah, but they're not really listening to you, and they're not truly engaged. A hundred percent with the moment they're thinking about other things Mm -hmm. like other things are on their mind. But isn't that just what like having chemistry is? Because I know we have all been on a bad date. Well, some people, some people just will. Some people just settle. Mm -hmm. So. So, yeah, you can definitely have great chemistry. But so but but this is okay. So here's the thing. You didn't have great chemistry with every single date you've ever had. No. But you also didn't feel like you were just running into boring ass people all the time. But it may possibly, by my theory, have been because you were trying to engage, which is what you said. Like you're trying to get into things that you're interested in with them about them. Yeah. So you're trying to engage. So you're interested in in the idea of having this conversation, this exchange right now. Okay. But if you're not at all interested and you're thinking about other things, sort of like, have you ever heard about people uh, like having sex with someone off of one of the social apps that they've met the person on, like a Tinder or a Hinge or something like Doing that? Like sexting or and something. And then and then after having sex with that person, literally you're in the bed with that person, and then they roll over and they start scrolling, trying to find another like swiping, swiping, yeah. swiping right side. So yeah. You've heard of this phenomenon, right? Yes. In the dating world. That person is just they're constantly looking for the next moment to to make them happy. Like, okay, I literally just had sex with this person. This person, they're still in the bed. Matter of fact, they're awake. Like they're here. I could look at them and and, and cuddle with them. I could talk to them. We could go to sleep together. There's so many things that you could do with the person that's in the bed with you at the moment, as opposed to rolling to your side, getting your sliding your phone out and trying to swipe to find who the next person is that you can have sex with to hopefully fill this very, very deep void in your heart. Right. So so what I'm saying is if 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 the person's not there, they're not there. Like you're just not getting a full version of that human that's there because their their mind is somewhere else. Okay. So they can't give you their attention, meaning they can't they cannot exhibit to you the depths and the and the layers to who they actually are because they're not even worried about they're not even worried about the fact that you're there. Okay. It's, just, it's just like what you were saying to me at the very beginning of this. Yeah. You are not going to give your time to someone mm-hmm. unless you hear them first and you assess the level at which you would like to communicate with them. Right. So no one's going to know Stefania unless Stefania wants them to know her. Yes. Right. This is true. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. but for for a lot of people, that is an unconscious thing that's happening. Yours is a conscious effort to not show someone who you are until you deem them worthy. Some people, it's an unconscious decision that's happening. They don't even know that they're doing it. They're just worried. They're just thinking about something else. And then therefore, you are not getting to know that person. Yours is a conscious decision. Theirs is an unconscious decision. That's the only difference here that I'm kind of 
delineating between. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So it's so it's 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 a very interesting thing. I think that the social media age is a is a it's an interesting is that all that gone? You want another? Um I think I have more. Okay. Um yeah, so so that's that's that. But I think that attention is kind of like the the issue. You don't seem like a very anxious person. Is that an accurate assessment? Absolutely. You are not, or you are. I'm absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. No. I feel. I am a high anxiety <laughs> kind of person. Yeah. A so, lot of people are. Though. Yeah. A lot of people are. Though. Where do you have you um, tracked where you feel like that may come from? Like, are, are there more higher anxiety days, and are you tracking like? What happened that day that maybe ramped it up? No. Mm. Not not really. Do you ever have just chill days where you don't feel the anxiety? Yes. Do you track those days and you are you ever like, huh, this is a low anxiety day. I wonder why. I have like a general like idea and concept. Like I don't really feel like I necessarily get ramped up over nothing. But like you're talking about like people being in their head and blah blah blah. Like I feel like I'm pretty capable of chemistry and talking and you know receiving and balancing those conversations and stuff. But also in my head I'm like, "Oh my god, what's going on? Like what the hell is happening? Oh my gosh. We're all going to die." Like, you know, like that's very much so in my head. But at the same time, like you know, we're here in this moment. We're having a conversation. Like that's not so it's interesting to hear your perspective on that. Mm. But then also, like, I've lived a different perspective. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. we definitely got different uh, experiences happening yeah. here. You're so zen. Um, Very jealous. Of <laughs> no, um, that's that's a huge reason why I love this platform yeah. and this space, because I get to see people in a space that they're not normally mm-hmm. in where the headphones help. Because you're just hearing me yeah. and you and there's not a bunch of distractions yeah. and stuff like that. There's no TV screens. There's no, we're not on our phones, uh, which is often a lot of times the way that people spend time around each other these yeah. days. is just, on, you just like, I used to really dislike that when my friends would be like, yo, let's go hit the bar. And then we'd go out and then like we'd all, just, like everyone would pull a phone out. And I'm just like, That's what so are sad. we, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like I thought we would come out and. We can do. We can talk about anything. We can reminisce on old times. Like we've known each other forever. We can yeah. reminisce on old times. We can talk about where we want to be in the future. We can talk about how we're doing now. We can, we can talk about anything. But like, we just come on. Like this is this is not this is not fucking <laughs> yeah. it. This is not fucking it. This is not how I like to do things. This space I enjoy because I'm able to see people in a space they're not normally ever in, mm-hmm. where they're just having to focus on just a single social interaction and hopefully i do my job and i i exhibit to them that i'm interested in what it is they have to say you do a good job and so they get to really express and delve into things that maybe they wouldn't before or whatever whatever the case is but i like to see people you know get a little bit outside of just their head for a second yeah and just have a conversation because i may be extreme when i say this but i do think that we're we're going to lose this i think we're losing it i think with time that people are just going to get more and more awkward (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, maybe it's just going to get more and more awkward. Back just a long time ago, all you had was whoever the fuck was around you. Mm-hmm. Like you just people just spoke to each other because that's all you had. Like you didn't have anything else. You sat down at the bus stop to wait on the bus. Whoever was sitting next to you, you fucking you talk to that person mm-hmm. like that was just that was life. You just, you know, you hung out. So people were a whole lot less awkward in a lot less socially awkward. Maybe I should, I should put that part in there. A lot less socially awkward. Mm-hmm. But the people these days are just, it's hard. It's hard. You know, just trying to just you know, a lot strike of people, up a conversation. A lot of people say that's because of like COVID. That, was, that didn't help. Yeah. COVID did not help. Did you <laughs> think that was like a big trend before it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's just happening with the evolution of technology. Okay. Yeah. In particular. But then what do you think about at the same time, people are more connected than ever. You can talk to anyone you want to at any time. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I need to say something specific here. Okay. I'm talking about a very certain type of conversation. Like physical in-person conversation? Yes. And also, hmm, how do I put this? Um, this conversation about certain things in, in, in long form. Um, people are connected. The, the question is how and like, to what degree, like, what are they sharing through, through that connection? So, um, I've talked about this before. My, my love for conversation was deeply, I guess it was deeply augmented when I, I thought about these these root words these to to conversation. So, so so in Spanish, in these you know these all come from old Latin. So I studied Latin for like okay, eight years. Okay, hey, yeah, okay. Yeah. So let's have this conversation. So let's go. So we have con right together with. Okay. Um, we have ver, which is to see. Okay. Okay. So and then t i o n or C-I-O-N in Spanish, but conversación. So we have the act, which would be the shin part, of seeing together. Okay. Conversation used to mean, long, long ago, um, the way in which one would behave in the world. is much more like your behavior. Okay. Um, and my love for conversation comes from the type of interaction in which we we participate in the act of seeing together in such a way that changes our behavior in the world say that again if you can yeah for sure my love for conversation is the in exchange in which we participate in the act of seeing things together in a way in which changes our behavior in the world. That's really, that's a wonderful way of putting it. Yeah. So, so people can talk to each other. People can like speak at each other's faces, mm-hmm. right? And like I say words to you and then you say words back to me and I say words back to you. And like people would say, well, Earl, that's a conversation. I think that, that, I think that there are levels to everything. Mm-hmm. It's like I used to play basketball. I wasn't fucking good. <laughs> like, okay. like, there's levels to things. So, like, you can have what I feel like is a pretty base conversation. Like, you can just say words at each other. And then there are higher levels of conversation in which both people are deciding that they are going to 
come together for some sort of understanding. Like I like I want to not only just say words at you mm-hmm. because I have something to get off, mm-hmm. but also want to see and hear how you interpret what I have to say. See what you say back, you know, play around with those ideas, say something back to you. And then so for me, conversations like a fun game, mm-hmm. it's like a fun game. Like we get to play like, like for me, it, like I, it's not about winning or losing it's about just playing together like okay. just cooperating in a way where we're just going to throw ideas around and have fun and see what happens maybe we come out of this where you feel like you learned something and i feel like i learned something and you, you yeah. know in in a way that that enriches like our state mm-hmm. right so you even just saying oh it's interesting to hear your perspective on this because we're clearly coming from two different yeah. realities and this is inter- and i'm you know listening to you speak about your reality and the fact that you can have this sort of conversation but you're still in your mind like we're all gonna die right and, <laughs> yeah. you know and i'm learning things yeah. about archaeology but all these things they i'll tell you what doing these types of conversations certainly enrich me because mm-hmm. it's a very very peculiar type of education that you get from just speaking to humans often in long form you learn so much you get you gain so much perspective yeah right and i think it's very important to to intake other perspectives and not just have your your own little echo chamber in your mind where you just think a mil- like one thing a million times and like that is fact to For you sure. right just like you were saying well, you have to do the counter research, mm-hmm. like do this and then do that and come up with something. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to agree on any one of those perspectives, but at least now you have both to play around with in your mind and you can consider mm-hmm. things. Right. So that's what these conversations do for me. And I think that having these conversations unbeknownst to others or not also does that for them. Yeah. Like because you may not know it tonight or it could be a week from now or a month from now, but these ideas and these conversations, they they have a way of working on you. You know, and we grow from the conversations that we have with people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, people are connected and, you know, you send a TikTok to someone or you send a tweet and, you know, they send you a video of something they saw the other day. And, you know, you say, oh, that's fucking awesome. And then they send you a goat emoji. You know, and it's like, oh, we're more connected than ever. It's like, but sure, yeah, (laughs) sure. It's a different, yeah. It's a it's a different level. It's a it's a different level. Um, So yeah, that's that's my that's my idea about that. Because I hear people talk all the time, all the time. I work in a restaurant. I hear people talk all the time. A lot of times, I'm like, they're not talking about shit. There's a lot of talking though. There's tons of words being said. Nobody's like talking about anything. Well, yeah, that whole thing of like there's there's talking and having a conversation, but then there's also like listening, listening and like hearing are different. Yeah, listening is um, that's learned. Yeah. You have to learn that. You have to think about the things that are being said in order to like listen to someone. Yeah, you you would have to at least start with the very base <laughs> claim of. Let me just believe for a second that there's possibly an ounce of value in something that someone else has to say. 
I think that's where the real problem lies. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You at least you have to come from that understanding because if you don't even think that there's something truly valuable in what other people have to say, then your attention's not there. You don't care. I know people that are gener- legitimately will tell you people are not interesting. I don't find people interesting. People are stupid. I hate them. Get away from me. Okay. And so if you think your friend, is it Mikey? I do have a friend, Mikey. The guy that you were having the conversation with or the person that you were having a conversation with, I'm assuming. About. About dating and how boring people are. Yeah, that was Mikey. He wasn't saying that, though. He was against it. Okay. But 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 you're saying people are interesting or are not interesting? Oh, so I've had many people, the okay. overwhelming majority of people that I speak to say people are not interesting. Do you think it's because they're not listening? Uh, that's a huge part. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and again, it starts with just. You're not <laughs> you wouldn't go to any site as an archaeologist and dig if you didn't at least think that there would be something to dig up. Yeah. Yeah. Shit sucks. You know what I'm saying? It's no fun digging in dirt and you just got and dirt on your fingernails. You just, you just and got you dirt. Didn't here. find anything cool. You know? So most people are just walking around and like they're looking at people like what true value? Like it's a value issue. Mm-hmm. Like what true value is there in us sitting down and talking to one another? Like what, like, what comes from that truly? Like, what are you going to do for me here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> That's such a selfish way to put it. Yeah. But it gets to the point. But it gets to that point. Like, what's, like, what am I getting out of this? People are, we are in the age of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. So people are gratified by looking at that little cute kitten. You know, yeah. looking at that. What was the thing called? The, the, the that, capybara. The capybara. Yeah, yeah, people, you know, it's like. I love looking at that video. Like, and you know. But if you go out and you see some people talking, most of the talking that you see doesn't hold much value because people are just fucking saying a bunch of words. So you don't see much value in that. So you don't know that there's a level of conversation that would truly enrich your being. And you'd walk away like, oh my gosh, like, it's so fun talking to them. I didn't even know that you, I didn't know that was an option. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could talk to someone and walk away feeling. Like a lighter and like, you know, invigorated and, and, and thoughtful. I didn't and loved and I didn't know that you could walk away from a conversation like that because most people aren't having those fucking conversations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get it. It makes all the sense in the world that you would devalue conversation with people. Yeah. You know, again, with the whole guy thing, it rings off weird to me to. Uh, it rings off weird to me to ask a guy to hang like yo let's go get coffee dude like let's go Mm -hmm. hey bro let's go sit down and by the way without alcohol involved Mm -hmm. like yo let's go sit down and talk let's go watch a movie like let's go to the theater like even but even that is doing something else even that's doing something else because at least you have something else to focus on like you can watch the screen but it's like nah dude come sit look at me (laughs) <laughs> let's sit down come look at me and let's yeah. talk it was like oh hey what are you what are you, what are you talking yeah. about what do you mean 
you you want to go get a beer? Like we can, because then that'll at least give some so some social lubrication, and you know you can calm those nerves of yeah. just sitting and looking at another dude. Because that's that's yeah. that's that's how it that's how it is. So that's just a callback on that topic we talked about a while ago, like why it can be weird for dudes. Like you want to just go, you just want to sit and just talk to me. Like you don't like you don't want to do something. Do you think it's like so conversations like, not doing something? Yeah. They say that women are more empathetic than men. Do you think that's a big part of it? Yeah. Because you have to be empathetic towards someone's like concepts and ideas. I think that's why more women. I mean, uh, there's been counters to this saying that it's been socially baked into the yeah. infrastructure. But I think that there's a large part. Naturally speaking. um which is why women are more so therapists and psychologists and nurses and just just work with just, you know, just work with special needs children. And like women are more caring, generally speaking, mm-hmm. generally speaking, women are much more caring, softer hearted humans, um, you know, just think of the overall arc of you know mommy and daddy usually speaking Mm -hmm. mommy's a bit softer but then it's like wait till your dad comes home and i tell him what the fuck you did today usually that's the conversation right because you don't want to play with dad because dad's gonna come home and it's gonna be a completely different situation did you have that experience Fuck yeah. Okay. Oh, I love him. Yeah. I love him. But yeah, He's it, a was, it was, he was much more than, I mean, I guess he is now. I'm just adult. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It was not, it was, it was not fun. I just, I wanted to do things I wanted to do. I never understood why I couldn't do those things. I never got like good reasoning mm-hmm. as to why I couldn't do those things. And uh, it was tough. It was just tough. I would just hear those fucking keys jingling, just coming in, and I'd be like, "Oh shit, let me get out of here." Oh, shit. Yeah, like let me just get out. And yeah, just because for the most part he was high strung, he was working a lot, yeah. trying to provide, um, and he wasn't the most emotionally available and intelligent person at the time. Mm. You know, yeah, he just did the best he fucking could, I guess. So. So yeah, <laughs> but I but I would go to my my stepmom and I would yeah I talked to her about all sorts of shit that I was feeling and stuff like that. I used to love going and sitting next to her bed and talking to her about stuff. That's sweet. Yeah, man. But that's just generally that's just generally how it goes. Guys just you know you just don't explore you just don't explore those things. Yeah, nobody's trying to nobody's teaching. For the most part, now it, it, things are changing now, I think a little bit. But for the most part, especially the older generations, like no one was trying to teach these guys, like, like feel your feelings, like experience your feelings, yeah. process your feelings. Let's talk about your feelings. Use the words, I feel, and then continue okay. on. So I have to, I have to shift here. Mm-hmm. I have to Do it. shift this conversation a little bit. So. My dad, right, he had kids before he had me with someone else. Mm. 
got together with my mom. My mom had two children before as well. And he tried to step in as the stepdad, right? Their marriage went to shit. They were never supposed to get married. It was a bad idea, right? Mm. So he's trying to be this hard ass, like, uh, 15-year-old girls, no boys, blah, 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 blah. They get divorced, my Mm. parents. Mm. And my dad, in the divorce, it was ordered that both of them would have to go to, like, parent counseling, right? Go to this psychologist, learn how to be a parent, right? My dad took that shit to heart, right? He did more than he needed to. He went above and beyond. He used to take me. We would go. And they gave them these little cards, all the parents, that were the I feel statements. I feel, insert emotion, when you do this, because, insert, what I want is, insert. And we, like, I remember being, like, six years old, like, very young, not understanding what's going on. <laughs> like, it, I was very angry as a little child mm. because I didn't understand why mom and dad, like, what was happening. Yeah. And whenever we would have tiffs or discussions or, like, I wouldn't want to do my chores or, like, he would make me angry or I would make him angry. We would sit down and he would literally pull this card out of his wallet. And be like, okay, here you go. Let's talk. <laughs> okay. It was like the best thing. Okay. So I love that, like, I feel. Very Sorry, just nice. Like, Very nice. So, so, okay. So, so they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't to try to fix the marriage. This wasn't like to try to come back and reinforce the marriage. Mm-mm. This was simply just to be a better parent. Yeah. Wow. But- and wait, and, and who ordered that? The court. Wow. I well maybe maybe it was prior to the divorce. I just know that after they got divorced, my dad kept going. Okay, dad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Emotional intelligence. Woo. Okay, yeah. dad. He was great. That's awesome, man. He must he found some value in that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Oh, I love to speak to him. I wonder He's the most empathetic man I know. Mm. And I know he wasn't always that way. Yeah, like there was a time um, you, you got to come from that place because if you yeah. don't, it, it just because <sighs> a lot of times what will happen. I've read this book called Reconcilable Differences by a doctor, Shauna Markova. And then there was another woman as well that wrote that. Um, but it was it was a f- fascinating book. But it was it was pretty much like how we all fall in these these four different categories of, of expressing oneself. And one is innovative uh, another is relational. Mm. There's like logical or analytical is called, and then a procedural. So the procedural people speak up through procedure. Like what have I seen work in the past? And I'm going to speak through that sort of procedure to see how we can get through this conversation. Like, but that's kind of limiting because it's it's mm. just a procedure that you've downloaded and it's not any other procedures. It's just like, well, th- this is what I know from the past. We're mm. going to just go down number one, two, three, four and five. We're going to do this. Right. And by the way, all of these are limiting, which is why you're supposed to try to learn from all of them. Mm. You have relational and those are more the empaths. Like I, I would like to speak about my feelings. I would mm. like you to speak about your feelings. You have the innovative people that are just trying to find new ways of conquering the situation Mm -hmm. and then you have the analytical people that are just going to try to like logic you to death 
about what's happening right now. Uh, most men. And so it's, it's worth looking at these different quadrants and trying to figure out what you do have and what you don't have. And even more than that, understanding who the person is that you're speaking to and how they relate to people and how they express. Mm -hmm. And I've been pretty analytical about things and try to break things down in logic and like, you know, logical terms when having disagreements with Von Marie and she's very relational Mm -hmm. and I've had to learn that. And then I've had to take on some of those relational, you know, uh, qualities and, and a lot of those methods and it's helped a ton. And it, I feel like I was an idiot before. Cause I'm like, how was I not even speak? Like, how did I not have this software? Mm-hmm. Like, how did I, <laughs> what was I working on before? How did I ever expect for things to go right? Speaking the way that I was before that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, so just the other day, what the fuck? Uh, oh, okay. So, okay. So I think about time, I think about efficiency. Mm-hmm. And so, I know that between whatever time it was and the time I had to go to work, it was, it was a finite amount of time. And there were a few things that we wanted to do in that time. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of like gingerly doing things. And I start to get impatient. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Val Marie, like, come, like, come on. Put that down, please. Like, we have to, can you, can we do this? Like, we got to do this so that we can get here and do this so we can be back here. Like, like we have to do this. I I promise you the amount of time I've carved out for these things is the exact amount of time that we have. Like, we we have to move, right? Now, she understands that, logically speaking, I am correct. Like, she she was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So she started to do those things in accordance to that. But then I came in here to do to finish something up I was doing on my laptop. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, well, that was snappy of you to like to say it the way that you did. Like you're mm-hmm. you're right, logically speaking. Mm-hmm. But like that was a little like it was a little impatient of you to kind of snap at her the way you did. You should go and apologize for for saying what you said the way that you said it. Mm-hmm. And so I went to her and I was like, hey. I apologize for snapping you the way that I did. I just, I got impatient because, because I feel like we're working on like borrowed time at this point. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wish that we had a little bit more time together. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. She started crying immediately. Oh, that's really <laughs> she cute. She said, oh, my God, you're so nice to me. <laughs> right. And it's yeah. like, it's just like, well, I'm glad that I came back and I, and I said this mm-hmm. to you. But ultimately, like, that is what happened. So logically, this is what happened. But this is how I felt, which is why this happened. And ultimately, I just wish we had a little bit more time here. But, you know, th- this is this is what it was. And unless you can. Unless you can start to communicate that way and clearly what it takes is to remove your ego for a second so that you can apologize for someone for the wrong that you did, even though technically speaking, and I think that this is a huge issue in in a lot of our minds is technically we'll know that we're right about something. So we'll feel like, well, there's nothing to apologize for because I'm right Fuck you. I'm right. Like, You're wrong. Like, Sorry. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. but ultimately, I also know that my delivery was not on cue with the way that was not on cue with the God that I pray to. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. that's not the way that I want to give attention. That's not that's not the way I want to do it. So I want to correct for that. Um, and in doing so, not only does that help with my my analog, analytical way of looking at karma, which is that karma works on you immediately. It's not like something that has to do with the stars. It's more like your practices. So if you practice the right thing, not only did you do the right thing, which is good because you did the right thing. So you get whatever ramifications come with doing the right thing in that moment. But doing the right thing also reinforces you continuing to do the right thing the next time. Like mm-hmm. it gives you a little bit more susceptibility and proclivity to do the right thing the next time as well. So I know, boom, I did the right thing. I said the right thing. Yeah. We all feel good here. So that time, so this way, next time, if something comes up like that, I'll know, oh, I got to do the right thing again. Yeah. Like I got to, I got to go and I got to apologize. It's a practice. You don't yeah. just eject your energy into the universe and be like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a conscious decision. So, so yeah, I think it's extremely important that we figure out how to, how to have those conversations, but you, you have to believe first at the starting block that there is a value in doing that. And if you don't, then you won't fucking do it. It's just a huge value problem. Yeah. Huge value problem. Yeah. Thank you so much for for stopping in here, Safana. You're amazing for doing this. Thank you. Because, you know, I say it all, the, not all the time, but there's often someone that comes and sits in, across from me and we've never had a discussion before mm-hmm. or it's been extremely minimal like ours. And I just can't, I can't express how cool this is. Now, let me ask you, this is a quick, uh, see, I may have already tainted the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Okay. If I had texted you and been like, yo, let's go out for coffee, Stefania. What do you think your response would have been? Probably, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have this interesting thought because I feel like a lot of the times... Like I'm able to get people in to do the podcast because mm. it's like a podcast, which is interesting because it is the the inverse of the good riddance of anxiety. Like for a lot of people, it's like there's a microphone here now and a laptop and there's a light and I'm in this house. And right. You would think that that would ramp up mm-hmm. people's anxiety. But for some reason, I think that I have a higher success. I would have a higher success rate of getting people to come to the podcast. And I've had so many conversations with people that I otherwise would not have had conversations with um, because the the hypothetical thought of, hey, just go hang like a friend. Sometimes like somebody will come do it and they'll tell a friend like, hey, I just did this podcast. Like you should go and talk to this guy, like have this conversation. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll definitely go do this guy's podcast. But I also think about that conversation minus the podcast. And it's like, hey, I know this guy. Uh, I love having a conversation with him. Go meet him at a, at a coffee shop. I think in my perspective, it's your intent, like, like we've been talking about, that means that you're going to actually like listen and you're there to have an actual conversation. Whereas getting coffee can be, okay, cool. Let's go get a coffee. We're going to like chat for 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, whereas like the podcast is where we're having a conversation here. Like I actually am investing time and energy 
into you as a person, which is very respectful and respectable. I I do agree with that. That is a, that is a huge part Um, because it means something every time someone does. It's a, it's an interesting and very new, relatively speaking amongst the arts Mm -hmm. platform, right. Mm -hmm. Or art form. So it does, it does say something that someone says yes, Mm -hmm. because it means, Oh, like, okay, I've sent you clips now. I've talked to you about what it is a little bit. Maybe you've done your own research. Generally speaking, you know what a podcast is. Mm -hmm. So that means you're making the conscious decision to come and sit down and just have a one-on-one conversation with another human being for (laughs) X amount of time. Like even just that decision alone means you're here for this, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. And I think that that's extremely uh, necessary in the, um, just, I guess, in the whole process of trying to even have this level of conversation that I speak of. It's sort of like therapy or um, or rehabilitation, either one of those things. Like, if you try to just, like, force someone to stop doing crack and just throw them in rehab, it's like, ah, oh, like, I really wish I could just go do crack right now. Like, I really wish I didn't just get hauled off by the police and thrown in here. Mm-hmm. As soon as I get out of here, I'm going to get the biggest rock of crack and smoke this shit out of that thing. Right. Or whatever your thing happens to be that you're trying to rehabilitate from, as opposed to the person that wants to go. They're like, I am fucking my life up. <laughs> like, my wife is leaving me. She's taking my kids away from me. I lost my job. Okay, things are getting out of hand. Like, I thought I was just going to be able to be an occasional crack smoker. Mm -hmm. Seems like that's not going my way. I need to go to rehab. Mm -hmm. I think the success rate, and I believe that there are studies. No, there's definitely studies on this. But the success rate between these two different individuals, Mm -hmm. the people that get forced, coerced into any sort of rehabilitation and the people that willingly go because they want to change their life are vastly different. Mm-hmm. But those people's lives, once they get out, are vastly different. Because I think it's like the first two weeks that you have to worry about once people get out. Like, like mad people just go straight back, especially if they were coerced to go mm-hmm. and try to fix their life. Like, if people don't want to do something, yeah. you can't just shove an idea down someone's throat. Like, you can't try yeah. to make people who you want them to be. That whole saying of, like, God only helps those who help themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? See, yeah, yeah. That's Can't a, do anything for you unless you want to change. Have you ever had those issues though of trying to change someone? Fuck yeah, yeah. Hasn't everyone? I have for sure. I, I would think some. Yeah, I, I would think, and maybe some people are just over and they've just been walking around their whole lives just like, ah, oh, fuck you. Then, <laughs> like as soon as they feel that resistance, they're just like, okay, that's fine. Fuck you. Yeah. I'll just do my own thing. But yeah, for the most part, I think, I think so. If you, if you. You really care. That's that's been a um a point of contention in certain relationships that I've had before. And I've had this conversation with old friends that I'd love to at least pick your brain about it. Is because it's kind of like asking what is a friend or what is a loved one, or at least what responsibilities are bestowed upon a friend or loved one, mm-hmm. what is allowed. Mm-hmm. And maybe these are conversations that need to have that need to be had between each individual human. Mm-hmm. Like, am I allowed to give you advice on something I see you doing or should I ask you first? Like, is it unsolicited advice off limits? 
Or should I ask you, hey, can I ask you a question or can I weigh in on X in your life, like mm-hmm. your relationship or your, your job or, mm-hmm. you know, your overall well-being? Like, can I weigh in on this or, or is that going too far? Um, Because that's tough, because if you care about someone, you you there's, want to there's, that yeah, yeah, there's like there's something in you. It's like. Listen, I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm not saying that I can like fix your life. I just I feel like I may have an answer. I'm seeing a pattern here. I feel like I can help you. You're toxic. (laughs) You know, sometimes that sometimes that's it. It's like sometimes someone finds themselves in a slew of relationships and they keep going wrong. And you're like, hey. You're the common denominator. I'm your friend, mm-hmm. so I know you. So I know things about you that other people don't know. Mm-hmm. I would like to point something out. Is it okay? Is it? Can I do that? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's a fascinating one. Um, but have you just had times where you've tried to do that and you were shut down or? They or are people usually pretty receptive in your life to things that you have to say as far as constructive criticism goes? I feel like, you know, it's case by case. Yeah. You know, I mean, I like I feel like I'm usually the friend who gives pretty clear good advice when asked when like. Oh, so you usually wait for the ask. Yes and no. Like, I think. I think it's about reading the opportunity. More than anything. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. You know. I'm with you. Sometimes people will ask. Sometimes you can have that conversation where you're leading into it and you're like, (laughs) do you want to hear this truth? Because we're both thinking it. I know what's in your brain and I'm here to tell you you're right. You know? Or, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've had a family member who's like, who has been very heavily involved in drugs, you know? And like, We've we all as a family had the conversation. Oh, okay. You know, but fell on deaf ears mm. until yeah. it didn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, until it didn't. Until okay. It didn't. Okay. So something came around. Something came around, but a little bit. Like I said, you only can help those who want to help themselves. Yeah. So you got to read that situation, and you can keep saying things on deaf ears if that's what you want. But if someone's going to walk away. And you're not going to be there to talk to them anymore. You know? Yep. Yep. There's only but so much time in the day. You only have but so much energy. Like, how mm-hmm. much can you really afford to give away? You know, like, listen, man, I can't. I was telling my, <laughs> I was telling my friend the other day that recently decided I have to quit. I have to delete <laughs> these gambling apps off my phone. Oh, Oh. He was like, I didn't know that it was going to get to this. He was like, but, you know, I take a little $10 out here, a little no. $10 out here, a little $10 out here. He was like, but I'm doing it every day. Ooh, he was like, that's not, not good. Yeah, he was like, that shit adds up quickly, and I'm losing much more than I'm winning. And I'm like, yeah, bro, go ahead, get rid of that, man. <laughs> like, like, go wrap ahead, it up. like, yeah, wrap, wrap that up. Like, you don't, you know, you don't need that. Yeah. When things are normalized. You have to be, we all have to be a bit more cognizant of the things that are normalized in our culture. Because 
Once everyone starts doing something around you, it's like, oh, shit, everyone's doing it. It's cool. I'll do it, too. Right. So gambling before it hit your phone before that. When did DraftKings do that? I want to say it was in the like last probably during COVID. I want to say it was in the last three years that that happened. Um, Beforehand, you would have to get in your car and drive to a casino to hit the slots or do roulette or play blackjack or poker, whatever it is your game is. So to the people on the outside that didn't do that, Mm -hmm. that looked like doing a lot. You're like, damn, people that gamble do a lot. Like they get up and they fucking drive, they spend all their money doing all these things. But as soon as the gaming commission was allowed to normalize the act of gambling, because what's more normal to people here in America than pulling their phone out and looking at their phone and spending some goddamn money that too. Yeah. So as soon as they brought it to your phone, it's like, oh, shit, it's just it's right here in my phone. Like now it doesn't look like you're doing a lot, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so you have to be like very, very cognizant of the things that become normal mm-hmm. because a lot of the things that become normal aren't fucking good. It's just normal. So now a bunch of people are doing it. So now you're just psyched into doing some shit that is terrible for you. And people are losing their mortgages. People are losing their families. Just I can only imagine the amount of people that's just started blowing all of their money on gambling in, in, in a way that they otherwise would have never done because there wasn't a casino near them. Yeah. There are places that have, just have slot machines. I know gas stations now that just got slot machines at the gas station. You just go in there and you would just see people sitting down next to the Fritos. Yeah. And they're just, just pulling that slot machine. Ling, 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 all day long the gas station that i used to work at i you know it's a gas station we have a lottery machine we had people that would come in every single day and spend a hundred bucks getting a hundred dollar scratcher doing that every single day or and then if they would win by chance just going right back in the machine (laughs) yeah of course of course of course i don't know if it's all of it but yeah these people were like crazy I have a I have a soft spot for humans. You know, a lot of it's conditioning. A lot of it is just like it's not made easy. Like life is not made easy for people. No. You know, emo- but that's part of the fun. <laughs> what's what's life without a challenge? Yeah. Oh. If you're not challenged, you're bored. Turn it back there. People are definitely bored. Mm-hmm. So fascinating to me too. To look around at life and be bored. Like, There's so much happening all the time. And just look around like, eh. <laughs> life is okay, I guess. Like, I mean, I got TikTok, cat videos. That's more of an overstimulation issue for me. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Let's, um, let me get some dinner. Let's see what this little lady is out here doing. And let's get you um some let's get you a lip balm. Thank you. Yeah, I'm absolutely. So Thank you so much for being here today, Stefania. You You're me. amazing. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Peace, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Later.